This is Joe. Welcome to Wahine Winos Podcast. Yay! Here we are. Here we are. We're in seven season move season seven. Oh my goodness. Moving a little bit slower this season, I guess. We kind of um we've been trying to do every other week. We had our some like personal situations with you know, like scheduling, um, scheduling to right. be able to do it. So we're back, but we're back. We we're are. Back. This is our second one. It's only our second one. So it it's is. okay. I feel like season seven, I'm thinking like all the S words, like seven, sexy, like slithering, Ooh. slow, seductive. Super. Yeah. So we're just going to move slower in season seven. But um, anyway, slow. yeah, but we're really excited to be back and be here. And last time we honored Joe for her birthday. Day. We did. Um, and we have an awesome topic tonight. Yes. Um, that it, it's trending. It's trending. Kind of trending. But I feel like trending like two weeks ago, so we're like perfect for our age group. We're like exactly <laughs> for our age. Everyone's like, oh no, what is quiet quitting? Okay, and we're in Hawaii, so maybe this was trending six weeks ago. For us, we're right on fucking top of it, though, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we are on it here in Hawaii. We're on it. Sorry, all the other moms out there, though, you know what I'm talking about when you have kids that are teenagers and they, like, have a trend in one second and you're, like, six weeks later, like, I'm, what on the, what was the dance on the tick, what? On the TikTok! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, hold on. You have three kids, so I have a question. Do, have you heard this thing about, um, NyQuil chicken? Oh my god, yes. Okay, I have I heard of it. Okay, I about it today. So yeah. you tell me, what is it? I don't know, you just cooked a chicken in NyQuil. Why? I don't know. To pass out or because it's tasting good? I'm guessing it's to pass out. I saw it and it was so dumb. I didn't want to, I did not want to spend just, why any more seconds of my life. I don't know. Because it's dumb. So you bake a chicken in NyQuil? You so bake a chicken in NyQuil. All your dinner guests are not. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, if you want that, might as well bake, bake a freaking turkey in Ny- NyQuil, right? The turkey is the one that's got the shit, right? Well, you know that's coming. <laughs> it's September. Like, oh my god! Oh no! My gosh! Thanksgiving. All right. Okay. Um, I was just curious about that. Sorry, that popped in my head. Yeah. No, I saw that. I just not not no not doing it. Not gonna waste <laughs> well, I know the chicken. You, I know you weren't gonna do it, but I was just thinking you have three daughters, so you might know more about the trend <laughs> than I do. Uh, <laughs> so we are doing quiet quitting. Quiet but- quitting, but. The midlife train or the midlife crisis too quite. Yeah, so we're, yeah, because, you know, we are in our 40s. We are, we used to be 40 sexy overheard. Back in the day. Back in the day. Now we're just wahine winos. Now we're we wahine winos. We quiet quit 40 sexy overheard. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. We, we, right, we just slid we right just in there. Slid right in. Right there. Um, okay, so we have some updates before it, but before we even do the updates, I, I feel bad that this is the space that this, this little moment is going to take. But because we are a wi- like you know two women on a podcast talking about women's things and women's right. issues, I just want right. to take a moment, even though this feels a little inappropriate right now, but just to really appreciate and say like holy fuck, so much mad respect to the women in Iran mm-hmm. that are out there protesting and yeah. doing things to stand up for their rights, literally risking their lives. Literally, that's what we were. You know, like we talked about this a little before. You know, I did some abortion rights protesting in Chicago. Uh, I never was worried about, you know, like the the police coming in and killing me or some sort of situation like that. And I thought I was so brave getting out there. You know, like right. this is that on steroids times a thousand. Life or death. Like right. just to get you yeah, could get heard. I mean, yeah. You could get killed. You could um, have all sorts of terrible things happen to you for voicing your opinion. 
in that country. And I'm just, I just am so humbled. Chicken skin, all of it for the women in Iran speaking out and taking all these risks. And uh, fuck, yeah, we go. Maybe yeah, we should. I, seriously. I mean, my, and I hate that. My thoughts and prayers are with you. No, no Me pray. too. Like, I'm actually yeah. just like, maybe we should do something. Like, yeah, no, I don't know. My thoughts and just energy is really like, just sending it out there that we are with you. Yeah. With women of the world and hopefully the men of the world. Yeah, you'd hope so. Right? We have to do this together for us to progress. Yeah. Otherwise, um, it's just one versus another. We can't keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what? When I was listening to, like, news coverage of it, I was thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder, like, what kind of men or if they're men that are supporting these women or how that all plays out in the whole thing. Right. Because it reminds me slightly of, like, when Trump become bre- became president and all the women went to D.C. protesting him. Like, are you a man that supports the women in Iran, but then you can imagine the consequences for you. Maybe it might be worse. Right. I don't know. You know, like, or you don't, or are they quiet quitting their women? Um, I, I don't know that. I, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, this just lends so much being offensive right now, but I'm not sure that sometimes in the, in that system with moral police that those men that are enforcing women's clothing and attire ever started. <laughs> Right. So I wouldn't say that they good quite point. quit. Good point. I would say they never started supporting their women. They never, you know, they never were there in the first place. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, our thoughts and yeah. really our thoughts and hearts are with you. Iranian yes. women. Absolutely. Are, yes. We're there with you. Yeah. And now to get to back to our show that's about nothing. And back to us <laughs> being first, you know, first world problems yeah. here. On, I mean, you know, we're, it's not lost to me at least. And I know for Emma as well, speak for her that... These are first world problems that we talk about. The fact that we can do a podcast, very much grateful for that. In the clothes that we want to wear. Right. You know, so we're very grateful for that. And uh, so here we are talking about our problem. Our problem. I know. That was which such a, I knew is, that was going to be an awkward segue. Okay, you guys. Which is quiet is quitting. This is me. I said before we should say something about the women in Iran. And now I'm realizing that the way we said it is so awkward because we're then, we're back to our yeah, but I mean, you know, we can't compare. I mean, we are... Yeah, you're right. We can't. I mean, it, it's just I'm grateful that you and I are born in this body where we're not in such a danger like right. this, you know? So it is ourselves. what it is. Yeah, so we can we do what we can in the station that we're in. <laughs> yes. And now I'm going to go research how to help the women in Iran better when this podcast yeah, is We just do the best that we can, right? Yeah. And the yeah. best that we can right now is doing a podcast about us... Quiet quitting. In our mid-40s, on the midnight train to... Right. Midlife. Okay, so it's midlife crisis, but I keep thinking, on the midnight train to Georgia. <laughs> and then I think of that. Which, okay. Anyway, let's get to our updates. Let's just move on. Yes, updates. <laughs> em is going to do for one first, or... Yeah, go. Um. Okay, well... No, I feel like mine's kind of like the mood killer, and yours is a little more upbeat. So maybe we need upbeat. Oh, I think no, you should go man. first. Okay, Come so on, I, BTS, right, right. right. <laughs> Chihu, call me Kamala. Mm-hmm. Kamala, what's a Kamala? Kamala. Kamala. Okay, I don't we're know. fucking shooting ourselves we in the sh- foot at the end of the <laughs> We are shitty feminists. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't talk to me about shitting, please. <laughs> So, anyway, only update is that you are now listening to the VP of my daughter's high school. Uh, high school. <laughs> not, not, not the actual VP, but the PTSA. <laughs> Let me clear that up. Let me clear that up. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not running this school. Not yeah. at all. Not even close. Don't worry. The VP doesn't run. I do not have, for the record, I don't have any... Um, uh, 
past experience of being a PTSA member in this mm-hmm. capacity at all. So it's interesting to be a PTA mom, part of it in a public school, mm-hmm. in and uh, and seeing that there are not a lot of participation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, disappointing, but yeah. I realize it's because of, of a lack of communication. So my role, if you vote for me again next year, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will vote for you. It's Starbucks for everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I want I want to just seriously add, like put it out there, a, a PTA. It's important. If you're listening and you've got a kid. Join the PTA. Join the PTA. I've always been at it. I've always been on the PTA since my daughter was two, never in any leadership role like you are. It, it, for me, it's the only way of actually knowing what the fuck is going on at the school. That's exactly what I like, did. To put it bluntly, if you're, if you're just a parent out there in the community and you get some bizarre email from a teacher that may or may not have good communication schools and some crappy communication from the head of school that if you're a private school, they're going to write about world events and nothing to do with your kid. Or if you're a public school, you know, like, it's just very short. Like, I think being on the PTO, PTA, you know, it has different names, but the parent organization, whatever it's called, is super important to actually know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, so this is exactly why I joined because I, you know, my first year really in public school as a mom. So I'm like, all right, I got to know what's happening. So I'm doing the opposite of quiet quitting (laughs) in this capacity. Uh, I'm jumping right in there. And so I'm kind of excited, but I I can see how, holy shit. Okay, overwhelming if I'm not careful. Well, it's a new role. It's a new role. So it's normal to feel overwhelmed. Oh, gosh. And I'm going to be there for a long time because I've got three daughters. Right. (laughs) And that. Your role might change or manifest into something else like maybe yeah you'll be the president someday i am call me call me <laughs> obama Biden. oh yeah obama. go with obama go with obama i'm going with obama but um no <laughs> but <laughs> uh so you being the pta it's like you know there's so many things i want to do yeah as a mom and and really it was a funny thing is because of my background as a former teacher it's really helpful and so i'm more on like on the teacher side i really want to do so many things for the teachers um yay you know, um, awesome unfortunately I, I don't work at, at the school that you're talking about but right. yes i love the i i love the importance you're placing on teachers. i do you know so so for so many things in our society the teachers get so neglected and emma's gonna go further into this as to why part of the reasons that they do get become neglected and I see that it's so terrible how much we take advantage of our teachers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, there's such a good high school that my kid is in. And I really want the teachers to feel appreciated, not just like being dumped on like somebody who's babysitting, which they're not, you know, so I, I really want them to feel that. So that's what I want to do as a PTA VP. Woo! <laughs> I would vote for you. <laughs> You're in. Yay. Vote for me next year. Well, you're already in. You're already in. So next year. Vote me next year. You're pre-campaigning for next year. Whatever it is that they do before. Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. You got to keep your spot. That's what it is. Starbucks (laughs) for everybody. Solid campaign. So that's my update. Nice. And turning it Okay, now my light the dark side. Okay, well, I'm going to cover it quickly. I do like to cover teachers' issues on this podcast. I have before. So I, I, I had, I just will say this. I've already shared before. I'm doing an inclusion class this year. It's a little, a little different. It's had its challenges. Second step from the last update is that like, um, teachers get pulled out for 
professional development days. I went to one on Friday. Um, I had a, I had the person running it was actually amazing, which is very rare. Usually it's so boring. I always think of you know the scene in Girl Interrupted with Angela jo- Angelina Jolie and she takes the pen and shoves it into her neck and so ah! she try to sort of kill herself, but mainly just get out of the situation. That's what I normally think about people. It's not going to lie. <laughs> sure. But you envision that. Like, yeah. Oh, that's my just as a relief. I look at people and I have the just spirit. I'm like, relief. I would do it. And maybe she would do it too. Yeah. Whatever. No, this PD was great. And the guy was so interesting. Can you tell us what a PD is? Okay. So PD, professional development. So basically, you know, you're getting pulled out of the classroom to learn about something. Sometimes it's you that could choose the topic. Sometimes, but more likely it's like your school saying that, all teachers of this, you know, like, level need to have this. So this right. particular, particular one was about English language learners. Um, but what I took away from it, actually, that I wanted to share wasn't actually about English language learners at all. It gave me a minute, and it challenged me intellectually, and it made all these thoughts come to my mind about, like, the situation I'm in and teaching at this um, public school in Hawaii that is like notoriously really far behind a lot of other districts across Mm. the country and what we actually offer our children. And, um, you know, there's a lot within the system I teach in that really teaches children to be like, um, compliant and, and, um, heads down. Obedient. Just obedient. obedient. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Obedient, follow authority figure, no matter what, like, um, versus my experience at private school, which was very much focused on individualism, every kid is their yeah. individual leader, right. and let's bring out the strengths of each uh-huh. kid, and and I, you know, it just this is my honest, you know, takeaway. There was a lot of things in it, but you know, leaving this PD, I'm like, um, and and just having the thought, I mean, it's hard to think about what our students in Hawaii and public school are being prepared for when they. Um, you know, go out into something past public school, if you're always taught to be obedient, are you going to become a leader? Like, what, like in our school systems, the structure is so much, you get this to get this, you earn this and you get that. But when you actually have an opportunity to lead, are you, are you going to actually be able to lead or are you going to only be able to lead what was already taught to you? So for some reason, that was kind of what was like on my mind at this PD, um, was about that concept, you know, that, I mean, I guess I feel like really naive, like, kind of like, oh, this is cliched and an old topic, but I'm just telling you my point of realization for this. I've been really positive about teaching at public school and teaching first grade and thinking, oh yeah, like this is great. And I'm so happy I'm I'm working with this, um, this group of people and I want to really support them. But your, your hands are so tied behind your back in far as what you can do to be supportive. And I, really just like wanting, I'm just saying this is a question for everybody, you know, like um, we teach some groups of people in a different way than we teach others. And when we teach one group of people a certain way to learn, are they ever really going to have the chance to grow into a different type of learner, leader, um, you know, something like that. Like it just was a sort of awakening for me of like, um, no, 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 I'm not feeling that that is a reasonable chance. I feel like someone in this system that we have in Hawaii right now would have to fight so hard to get to be a leader as they become older versus somebody who has like a private school education where it's just they're raised as leaders. They're from birth sort of been like, oh, yeah, you know, and think outside the box. Think outside the box. Like, yeah, we hear you. You have a voice. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, one of my biggest struggles in my classroom right now is um, my students are really good at doing what they're supposed to do in some ways. Like now it's vocabulary time. Do this. Now it's the blah, blah, blah. 
there's times in the day where I give them totally creative expression. I'm like, mm. let's write a story. And I try to come up with a prompt. Like, I looked up in the sky and saw, you know, and I'm like, what could you see? Right. Just, they just don't really know. allowing they them. They don't know. And oh, they don't so have tragic. any answer. They generally don't have an answer. Where when I was in private school, if I asked that question in my class, there's 30 different answers. Right. Public school, there's a blank. So then you try to scaffold and help them a little bit. And you say, okay, you guys, you know, you could say, when I look up in the sky, I saw a Subway sandwich. Trying to give them a creative idea. And then you get, you know, more than two-thirds of the class at least writing about how they saw a sandwich in the sky. Right. They just follow your they lead. They follow the lead. Right. And it's, it's actually super concerning. And I don't know. So that came out of this weird PD. Like I yeah, said, well, mine was more like a doom and gloom they're, they're, Yeah, their imagination is dampened by the system. It's just not, it's just not, it's just never, it's never asked for them to do, so they don't mm-hmm. know how to do it. Right. Um, and so this PD, by the way, like had nothing to do with that topic. It was totally about something else, but it just allowed me the time to think about it. And some, this guy was thought provoking and that is unusual. Oh, I love that thought provoking. Yeah. And the stuff he was doing, I was like really making me think and it allowed me time to think and have space to think about this. And I'm like... Ah, I mean, you. so there's the point of, like, the teacher, you try to work within the system to do better, but if the system is so restraining you and, can, you know, like, holding your kids under the, like, are you really doing better by conforming with it? it it's actually just brought me back to, like, the, you know, the reason why I originally went into Montessori in the first place. I think Montessori really is done right the best way to educate children. My problem with it is that it was never accessible to all children. Right. So, anyway, that's where I, sorry, that was like a big segue into a long, you know, like my thoughts, but I just want to share that because I think a month ago when we did this, I was saying, oh, I'm in inclusion and it's a little overwhelming. You know, now that, that's just my thoughts. And um, there wasn't a solution to it. It was just like a real more awakening, like, you know, about when you're in the system and, and you realize you're actually just sort of a cog in the wheel and you can try to be like a flared clog or a cog covered in glitter, you know, like a cog with a boa but you really are just still part of that system right yeah. and the thing is i think you know us being we being pa- i mean past teachers are having had teaching experience it's these are the things that we can see in the system whereas if you're if you're simply a parent and have never really taught you know you kind of just trust the system or yeah. you don't, and you're just rude and pick on teachers all the time. And right, and, and, think, and, and, and try to tell us how to do it. <laughs> and like, oh, you, you're doing it wrong. And yeah. because, because you're not seeing the inside of the actual system, which goes right back to kind of you know, where I'm like, oh, I really want to treat the teachers at my, my, uh, my daughter's high school so well because I see that there are a lot of parents who I wish could have a lot more compassion and see that, gosh, the teachers are, are just... Oh, there, I, I feel like, at least in my experience, every teacher I know is trying their best to their own ability. Exactly. I will definitely say that. Agreed. Everyone has Agreed. different abilities. Everybody has different skills in the, in the position that we're in. But I have not yet met somebody that I'm like, uh, you know, that person's not trying or they don't care. Like, they are trying. They're trying to their best. But it is a system that is, for, in my mind right now, getting more and more a little bit questionable where I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, like, I want to be a part and be helpful. But am I... You know, like, well, yeah, I know. Yes, yes. I'm hopeful. What can I do within the system to make it, right. you know, what I think might be more helpful in a way? It's it's just a big, it's a I, big issue. I feel like, you know, your students are so lucky to have you because you are making the most of a really not the ideal situation. No, it's definitely not ideal. Not ideal, but you are making the most of it. And 
the fact that you're giving them opportunities to even know like oh wait i have an imagination you know that that's great because the other teachers when i was teaching because i came out of the public school system and i was born i was raised really by a, a mil- military man so I, i'm from that system of no imagination you be s- obedient oh absolutely stay in the box there's nothing outside of the box you're gonna die if you go outside of the box <laughs> you right. know yeah you know so i taught like very very much so that no imagination and um so the fact that your m is able to to to, to have this it does have this other experience as Montessori teacher and allow the other te- other students to explore. Yeah, kind of, but you're kind of still... Yeah, but you know, yeah, your hands are tied, but you're still doing the best that you can with what you have. And- hey, you know, like the most cliche thing in the world is if, if just one person listening to this learns this lesson. So if just one person in my class each year learns how to imagine something, that would be great. Or I think just having that experience and one day, one day they're like, yeah, I remember this one Miss, what's her name? Yeah, the blonde lady. She was so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll talk <laughs> about you, you know, and I still have students from a decade ago and I was teaching sixth grade and I'll be walking down to so like they're what, in their 20s now. Yeah. It's crazy. They're maybe close to 30 now. They're like, hey, Miss Silva, you know, it's so, it's very random. But it does happen. They always remember your name. Yeah. Okay, wait. I just have one more thing I have to say because I forgot about this and I didn't tell you this before, but this happened also this week and I was like, holy shit. Okay. So this is my 19th year of teaching. Yeah. I have always said I remember every student in my class. I would never forget Stop. a student in my class. No, this is really bad. Ooh. I would never forget a student in my class. I, I remember them. No problem. I And when I see people, you know, of course I'm in Maui. We see people all the time. So I'm like, oh, of course I remember so-and-so. Yes, this happened to me. It was horrible. I was walking at, see, you know, the school where my daughter attends, and I saw another student walking towards me, and I was like, oh, shit, this girl was in my class. This girl was definitely in my class. And her face just, like, you know, she was like, oh, wow, it's you. And she was like, hi, Miss Emily. She's, you know, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you. I was like, I just remember your face, but you were so small. Like, I made some generic comments. Right, 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 right. And we had a, we had a little niceties, but I walked away, and I was like, I uh I don't know who that was. It was horrible. I was like, I've never had this. I should just quit right now. I literally don't know who that person was. And it's terrible. I said I would never be that teacher that doesn't know these human beings as they get older. But I, I really have no idea who that person is. Um, so I was fucking freaking out. And then I got in the car and drove home. And I'm trying to think if I can say this, but I'm going to say it because it doesn't really matter. It's not a last name. Fucking like ten minutes later, like I was like beating myself. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm losing my mind. I'm this person is." Anyway, fucking got in the car and like I'm listening to music. I relax. Ten minutes later, it's fucking Molly. <laughs> like screamed it. I was like, "It's Molly. Her name was Molly." I love her just randomly. That's what it is. Oh no, but I was like, because otherwise it's like gonna you know be like. Oh, going through the yearbook and what the hell no i mean i just was like thinking and then i started i was like trying to defend it i was like okay well i've been teaching for 19 years and let's just say i even had 20 kids like so it's like 400 kids it's okay not to remember a name but i was deeply fucking upset and like when i came to it like i and then i went to this little grocery store after and i literally wanted to grab people and start like it was molly and then i was like oh weirdly <laughs> that molly also need, means drugs so that is probably not a good thing to be yelling no, about like, it's molly i'm on molly <laughs> thank god but i am realizing that as as long as i've been teaching it is more likely because i had a similar thing just a few minutes later i fucking promise i'll wrap this out 
but like I um saw a student who I just didn't recognize. I totally remember the student, but you know, like students age and look way different. Oh yeah. And so I was standing, I was standing next to one student that I remember, and I was like, blah 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 blah, totally talking to her, and she was like, well, you know, like uh, uh I guess I should I feel like I should. Eleanor was in your class too. And I was like, oh my gosh, hi, Eleanor. But it took me a minute to recognize her. So anyway, not great moments. Not great moments for me. Um, but anyway, okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't remember. Most... It was very traumatic for me. <laughs> I don't remember. I was like, I will never forget anyone I teach. Oh gosh, not me. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of my clients, if that makes you feel better. Are you serious? Former clients. What if somebody like, what? but she engaged me. Like, what if you were walking down the street and someone was like, therapist Joe, Oh, hi. that happens. And you, like, had no fucking idea. I just smile. Hi. <laughs> so How good you to think? How are you? I hope you're great. And sometimes I'll say, what was your name again? And are you I serious? Did, oh, I, I have to. do that. I think it's understandable. I've got, like... Well, you're dealing with adults, and I feel like all adults lose their minds and don't know anyone's <laughs> name, so it's fine. But for me, for the child... This is the thing. When you're... Okay, when you teach elementary... You have that children for that yeah, that child for a year or for three years in Montessori. So this girl had me as her teacher for possibly three years. Right, so, yeah, right. She right. fucking knows who I am. So for me to not even remember her is terrible. That terrible. I think it's a little different. With adults. <laughs> like adults, I'm like, you go to a party and someone's like, hey, this is Joe. You know, bringing Sasha and Kiara or whatever, and you memorize the names for one fucking second. You know, 10 minutes later, you're like, I'm sorry, what was your name again? <laughs> After two minutes, you're like, I'm sorry, I forgot again. Like, I feel like adults, it's more forgivable, but with, like, a child who literally, like, that was their that was their world for this, a year. Right, no, totally. Years, and they're younger, it seems really long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Moving on. That was our update. That, that was might a... be my signal to quiet quit. Yeah, so let's let's, let's talk about the definition. So of M is first going to discuss, or I mean, read what quiet quitting is. If you've not heard of what it is, but yet. I'm sure you have, because we're like probably six weeks behind, behind, but still exciting for Maui. I think. Yes, I'm excited about. Me it. too. Okay, so in case you didn't know, though, the phrase quiet quitting um, is basically the idea more from young professionals rejecting the idea of going above and beyond in their careers. Labeling their lesser enthusiasm a form of quitting. Above and beyond. It isn't about getting off the company payroll. These employees say, in fact, the idea is to stay on it, but focus your time on the things you do outside of the office. Focusing on the outside. So when I read that, I was like, um, I love this. (laughs) Okay, no, let me tell you two things. I heard about this from The Daily Show, Trevor Noah, an episode about it, I think. And I was like, I was like, this is the biggest bunch of bullshit. I was like, now these stupid millennials, I'm sorry, you know me and millennials, we <laughs> get along out. Anyway, I was like, now these fucking millennials, they want to like, you know, like do a half-assed job when the rest of us has worked, worked so hard in our jobs. Like, what kind of bullshit is this? I know? thought the same thing. I thought the, the same way. thing. I thought but the same then, thing. But then, then, I read more about it and I thought, oh, it applies to our age and that's what our show is kind of about. It's like... All right, millennials, I'll give you a little something. Quiet quitting is great for older people. Because I still think when you're young, work your asses off. Just saying. But, like, I feel like for us, it's a great concept. It is. I love <laughs> that the key thing about Because, you know, the it's deceiving, quiet quitting. I'm thinking quitting. It, I'm like, the name quitting is deceiving, especially for our generation. You're, right, like, you're a, quitting and you're not telling anyone? Right. That's like you can sneak out. What's happening? You're like an Irish goodbye at your workplace. <laughs> Slithering. You have the weird box and you're walking out and they're like, where are you going? I just see this guy in his cubicle. I just thought I'd like, take the staple home for the weekend. Oh, I carry a cubicle. You're just kind of like, you know, doing that, like, ar- the army crawl, you know? <laughs> with your one fucking staple you bought with your own money. Nobody sees you, exactly. 
Oh, so so it's a deceiving title or name, quiet yeah. quitting, but it's not the quit. The quitting it's is definitely not about actually quitting. It's not literally quitting. It's uh, so for me, what stands out is that it's doing what is it the minimum of what the, your job requires. And it doesn't say it's doing the minimum, but it says no longer weighing above me on. So yeah, I yeah. would say it's doing what is exactly required. Exactly. I don't required. think it's less than, but doing what is only exactly required. But not and focusing on outside of that, right? Instead, instead, so that you can have your life outside, right? Right, which is lovely, actually. Which, see, this is where we start relating to it. Because first, I was like, "Fuck these millennials," like I said. But then, when I was like reading through it again, I was like, "Wait, just doing what I need to do." So I'm not like not the important thing is you're. Not, I think at first when I heard this, I was like, "These assholes aren't doing their jobs." Okay, they are doing their jobs, but they're just not investing more than that. And I'm like. I think this is actually, it's sort of like the millennials wanted to just jump up to the 40-year-old age because I think a lot of us actually at our age bracket are doing this in different ways where you start, I mean, I start, I'm like, I don't want to right now as a teacher be the teacher that's there until 7 p.m. at night. And, and this experience with inclusion this year has challenged that. And I have literally said, I think this might have been a better role for a younger teacher who might be more willing to work really late. Right. I am not anymore. Right. Um, but I'm, I, I would still say it. when I'm at work, I'm totally trying my best and being present with, with my kids and being there. But yeah, like I, I actually like, I'm like, now I sort of love this concept where I'm like, yeah, but I do want to leave at the time that I'm supposed to leave and be done with my right focus right. on other shit. So I think, are we doing this whole thing now? We're doing our, yeah, our we're, we're ca- locked, okay, right, category, career, right? Our different, okay. Career. We're talking about career. Okay. Because I, I, you know, for me, I'm realizing because, you know, for you and me, I, Mm-hmm. I, I witnessed my 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 mom and dad have such ethics of you know because my dad is, he's older so he's like from the his his from the seven I don't know anyways he's old <laughs> he's old as dirt you know yeah and then my mom Filipino he's so as old as the sun you know I'm telling you so like it's like you know so I witnessed their work ethic as like you go above and beyond yeah you know well that's why we have a problem with this. right because yeah. my between my father who was really he he was a, a world war Two baby really so you know he so he, his work ethic is so insane i'm telling yeah. you like it's you know and then my mother same exact thing filipino mom so it's for me like the whole quiet quitting is such a shameful thing yes <laughs> when know? i first read it same right me. i was like these fucking millennial losers look at their shit again right and, and because i have my mom <laughs> and my dad's work ethics yeah I think, yeah, and then. But and I think it's it's also our generation because right. same same for me. Well, actually, okay, I we I don't want to segue into this. I think my dad. Sorry, dad, if this offends you. I think you were a quiet quitter for a lot of your life in your career. Most amazing dad, but sort of a quiet quitter at work. I hope that's not offensive. Anyway, yeah, he was but, ahead of his time. <laughs> but yeah, he was ahead of his time. No, but I feel like in general, though, like. Um, my generation and you and I were raised, I mean, we have totally different in our backgrounds, but I think the concept for our, for our generation was you go above and beyond. Yes. You show up at work and you show the person who hired you that you are worthy of that position because you will do this. And, and we were trying to work our way up some sort of ladder, you know, like, like, right. okay, I'm going to do this and get better. There wasn't, you weren't supposed to ever get hired to stay where you were getting, you know, like if, when I started working in a dry cleaner at 15 years old, the concept wouldn't be go start it. Yay. You got hired at the dry cleaner and now you have a job. Congratulations. End of the story. No, like you're going there to learn some other skills and you're using that. Like I used it on a resume to say the like, stepping stones. I learned how to yeah. do like the cash register and how to, you know, you can trust me with handling money. Like, 
all these kind of things. But you're so yeah, I think our generation was learn this above and beyond. So it's hard to hear the context that you're not going to go above and beyond anymore. Right. It feels like a cop out a little bit. Right. Because for us, it was definitely the whole thing of each job is, is a stepping stone. So you want to do your best and go above it. So you yeah. can learn and go to the next one. It, there is that. And then quiet quitting is really just doing what's asked of you. <laughs> which asked of you, but then I love the part where it's like, to allow you to focus on other things, which is right. I think why we got the midnight train. I'm just going to call this episode the midnight train to quiet quitting. It's Let's like the it. midlife crisis or whatever to quiet quitting, though, is that you start to realize, I mean, I think there's a couple of different ways your career could go, right? Like, you could be like, um, like if I had stayed in journalism, I might be at a point right now where like, I'm like, holy shit, I just might get this job, like being on NBC at this point, it would be like that time. I'm definitely not quite quitting, right? If I'm in that career, I'm doing everything right. I can. But like for me, who's been a teacher for so many years, yes, I totally want to do this quiet quitting and, and have the focus on other things in my life outside of school now. Because I think our... In, our generation worked really hard when we didn't have that, you know, in some ways. Like, I, when my first year teaching, I worked till 7 p.m. every night. You know, like, right. I, I was like, oh, no, I got to do this. So now, yes, I like the concept. And I actually think it's something that we could adopt for our own sort of generation that could be positive. To say, yes, it's okay to have your own life outside of work. I think a lot of us don't think it is. Right. And I think as you're speaking, I understand, like, quiet quitting is really boundaries. Yeah, and balance. Yeah. It's, ba- it's huge boundaries and right. it's balance. Because at first I'm like, I don't quite quit. And then as M was explaining it to me before the podcast, we talk about our podcast before we actually do the podcast, right? We just brainstorm. And I realized as a therapist, it's really quite quitting is how a therapist stays sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But seriously, it's that's that boundary. Like, I cannot go home with all the concerns of all my clients and stress about all my, right? Yeah, as a therapist, yeah. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're one of my clients and you're listening, you know, I, it's not... God, a, I hope your clients are right. listening. Right. Like, only because I hope my students are listening. <laughs> a couple of them do, I think. Oh, shit. But anyway, you know, I don't mean to offend, but I mean, this, this is the you balance. You don't want to think about them all night. No, yeah, no. I have boundaries. Like, okay, when I'm, when I'm finished in, in that session, I, I stow it away in part of my brain where it's safe, you know, and then I don't yeah. think about it until the next session because I process it in a different way. But when I'm with my kids and when I'm washing dishes and doing all that, I don't think of my clients. That's awesome. So I feel like that is sort of this definition that these millennials need. <clears throat> sorry, these millennials needed to establish was like, just so you know, don't fucking text me past five. You'll take it. You know what I mean? But it, I actually think that. We could have benefited from that. I think of a lot of people who, like, started out with careers where they had to really, like, um, let me think, two out of three of my brothers, like, who work for corporations. Okay, maybe I'm saying one out of three of my brothers. But, like, you know, when you generally work for a big corporation and you're trying to rise to the top, you're expected to. Oh, sure. He will, like, be like, no, I can't go out. I'm going to work till midnight. Oof. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to get up. Like, but that was expected of him to like to like um, go in the way that he wanted to in his career, and um, I do think it's actually probably a good thing for maybe employees. Um, you know, also a thing that's happening right now where there's such a shortage of workers in so many industries. It is a little bit of a time for like the power of the people and the power of the worker to come out. And so when you when I reframe this context in a different way for me, I'm more comfortable with it because like I think when I first started, I was like, this is such bullshit. But, you know, then I'm like, no, 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 no. This should yeah, be. It's People, great. everybody should have the right to have their own life outside of their job. 
right. and still be su- successful. I feel like that's the part that quiet quitting kind of leaves out. Like, that would be my question to these quiet quitter millennials. Are you still really trying to be successful and, like, excel at this job or not? Because right. I think our midlife quiet quitting thing is, like, we are already successful at our jobs. Mm-hmm. I and, and I think you work for yourself. Obviously, you could have different goals and things you want to do. I don't personally anymore. After 19 years of teaching, I'm like, I, I move along and I'm like, oh, I want to learn, you know, I'll learn this and this. But I'm not, like, reaching for the stars. I'm not like, oh, next year I really want to learn how to teach standing in my head. Wait, I'm already doing that this year. No. You know, like, I, um, like, no, I, I don't do that as much anymore. So the balance of it is nice. But I guess my, I'm like, as we're kind of talking about this career rise, I'm curious if this millennial quiet quitting, though, is still hoping to be successful in their careers and rise. Right. What do you think? Well, I, I, I think it rise probably or until they use it as but a stepping stone. But how are they going to rise? If I think it's changing. a stepping, stepping stone until something else happens and then they do that again. They do so they're just like this job. Know? So they're, they're you and I at the dry cleaners analogy and they're like, this is not going to be my career. So right. I'm not going to like try above and beyond. It's like, okay, maybe I run the dry cleaners and then, you know, next year I'm going to be running a bigger dry cleaner or, 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 How are you they going to run it without going above and beyond? But you know, it's just, <laughs> they just, they, they do. That's, I think, I feel that that's just their, it's their mentality perhaps. I don't know. I'm not a millennial. I'm not going to guess. No, I know. But the one thing I'm just starting realizing as we're discussing it is it doesn't allow for growth in the workforce then. Really. Mm. If you're saying I'm literally only going to do what I was hired for. If you, if you actually have the goal of if doing, like if I was like, as I am right now, quite quitting in the teaching force in a way, it's because I only want to be a teacher. Right. But see, see, this but is, if I was like, I'm going to quiet quit, but I also want to be vice principal, that might be kind of hard, right? Yeah, but I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry, now I'm thinking this through differently. I'm like, I'm right. just, this isn't a judgment. This is more a curiosity about this concept. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, when I'm here, when I'm hearing uh, quite quitting, it's still just the boundaries of this is what my job calls for. This is my job description. I'm sticking to that. And do you think do you think that definition would still allow you to excel, though? Not you personally. Oh, I'm I saying think... for a person with that mentality. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute. Now I'm confused. You millennials are getting into the workforce and then quiet quitting, so you don't have ambition? Or oh, you hell think, no. Or you think by posting tiktoks and making everyone rethink this then you would um change the word for it i mean I the, just Sorry, with that defini- the by, by the whole tangent. definition of that right it's, it when seems you, like someone who's not motivated i feel like it fits more our age well the way we grow is by pushing through our boundaries that's yes. it and if you're not pushing through your boundaries you're, you're not s- growing not at all so this is why I, when we started this episode i was like that i feel like this concept actually is more applicable than you would think for our age right for right. our age or older or people that are set in their careers already and just need the boundaries in their career yeah I, that's what i'm hearing who's 21, that's what i'm hearing someone who's 20 on Instagram, i'm like so then where are they gonna go so if my daughter if i pay all this money and she goes to college and then she starts a career and she goes well i'm starting on day one and quiet quitting then I'm like, so what? So then, it's her ambition that she just stays, you know, being the secretary or like the bottom level. Well, she or stays in the job description, you know, and right. and that's it, and that's, that's all you're ever gonna be. On, millennials don't want to advance, right? You, you know, know, I love to throw millennials. And, and, <laughs> so as I say that, I quite quit as a therapist. I feel bad about saying that, but I think let me let me let me be more accurate. But you've about been that. a therapist for so many years. <laughs> it's an appropriate time to have a boundary. 
between your work and your job. Right. But the difference is this is founded by people who are just mm. starting their careers. We didn't talk about this before. This is like our real conversation right now. This is this is people just starting their careers. So if you start your career by saying I'm only going to do <laughs> my first year and I'm not quite yeah, then how are you? So then I'm just I'm. This is really I do not have an answer. But like, so then you just never advance. Exactly. Or are you trying to show the system, buck the system, and be like, hopefully you'll still promote me, but I'm not going to make any. No, you're not trying to advance. Is but it, no, so I feel like it's not trying. My to my instinct says it's for them, right? You know, if I'm 25 and I just got this office job, I'm going to strictly do what my job description says i'm not gonna grow so you never weekend with the manager you're just gonna be no until i decide oh look hey the other job looks like a cool job let me try for that why would the other job take you oh because i fulfilled my job description oh but you're but see then i feel like you're just making a parallel move pretty much like you're like i was a great reason you are that's pretty much what it is now i'm gonna work for a different hair salon it's just a really different mentality i think that's all i gotta say right right it's so different than i think like we both have very different backgrounds on right. this, but like I think that our generation across the board, we were definitely taught that when you you know when you start the job, no matter what it is, you work higher, you work harder. And you, yeah, and even with that quiet quitting, I was telling M like that whole like we work the job. You like what you were saying is like I read like when I'm not at work, I'm freaking reading all these psychology books. I'm I'm doing stuff to be not just become because I want to be a better therapist, yeah. but just that's just where I am. But no, so I'm not just like being lazy and going, okay, I, I know what I know about psychology and that is like what I'm I Like I'm not interested in learning. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I on my own because I enjoy it though. Right. On my own, I read a shit ton well, of Well, that's books. how you know you're also in a career that you really love. I love it so much. Yeah, which also yeah. I feel like is also another problem with the millennials. I'm like, if you get into the workforce and you decide immediately that you only want to do the minimum of the job, it's also probably not the job for you in is a lot it, of ways. It, so that, if your first desire is like, I need to, I just started, it's my, it, but I need to build some boundaries. Like, it's, it might not be your But I think there's a difference between a job and a career. Yes. But yeah. I, I'm assuming this is about career. Oh. I don't know then. Well, shit. (laughs) God, I don't know. Okay, you guys, sorry. We have so many more questions. Maybe this is a term just about people who have jobs. You're right. Maybe this is more for jobs. For jobs, not careers. All right. Well, we are, like, we spent a lot of time on um, the first part of the show. We're going to probably just move on to our quiet quitting in dating slash relationships. Oh, my God. We have a game at the end, too. If we have time. And quiet quitting and self-care. Yeah. So, quiet quitting dating. Okay. Oh my god! You go! I know I'm so excited. So excited! So I have quite quitted dating. <laughs> that's that's it. That Tell done. us what that means. I'm so done. <laughs> no, that's oh. actually quitting. I we know. talked about this before. We talked about this before. We said I was like, you can't just say you quit. If you're just gonna say you quit dating, that's not what our show is about. Our show is about quiet. Quitting. Okay, okay. Let so me explain. Apparently, not quitting. You can't <laughs> fucking quit dating. That's bullshit. Not let, quite quitting. Let me explain. Because of this whole new, as if you were listening to our our podcast in the past, I. My ex and I have switched our custody, so now we do like you know w- w- another schedule, which works fantastic for my my kids. Um, that has allowed me to quiet quit dating, <laughs> <laughs> which means I'm only really doing the minimum of dating, which is really just so get, you're doing your job, which doing, is what, which is getting. So what up. is your job as a single as a dating is person a, right now? I like what up. would be your job, but not. Going above. My quiet quitting as dating is I get out of my house. <laughs> Yay. I feel 
like that's good. That's it. That's quiet quitting as a dater is you get out of your house. And if some dude decides to like hit me up and like was ballsy enough to do that, cool. But otherwise, I'm not doing it. But you're it. not going to make the effort. You're no. not going to like. I'm not putting myself on Tinder. I'm right. not doing shit. No. But I'm getting out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what quiet quitting is right there. <laughs> Yeah. And dating. And I'm having fun, actually. <laughs> no, I, I I, mean, like I said, I mean, we've been touching on this all night. There are some good aspects of it. There are, it, it, it should have a boundary. And I think, like, all the time, I mean, I, I think about, like, uh, me when I was, like, single, single, and, like, it's, like, it should have a boundary. It's easy to be consumed by dating when you're single. Oh, my totally God. totally be like, this is all. And even with your friends that feed into it, that they're like, Oh, are you seeing anybody? You know, it's kind of like, no, you should have a boundary. You should be able to be like, hey, I on Friday night, like, the, I have, you know, I have a weird thing on Friday night where I'm like, that's my party night. I don't like to really do it any other night of the weekend. But, like, that's my that's my night that I need to be free. Like, people should be able to be like, Friday night is my day night. I'm going to go all out. And then the rest of the week I'm shut down. Like, yeah, like, I think a boundary is a good, healthy thing to have. But it's not something that has really been there for people. Right, yeah. But I mean, just if I'm being completely honest, if if I were in Chicago <laughs> or um or I don't know, Oakland, you know, or East Bay where I'm from, um, I would not be quite quitting dating. <laughs> you would go above and beyond. I would go above and beyond. I'd be on all the dating sites. I'd be like Friday night, um, you and I going to this club and I would be at the club on Tinder on my phone while at the club, you know, <laughs> or something. <laughs> That I would be the opposite of quiet quitting, but because I'm on Maui, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like it. I think it's there's parts about it that are really awesome. I think that's a good one. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, you gotta know you you gotta be able to read the room <laughs> or the read your life in general. I read think, your life. and I feel like in general, you said it before. You're like, this is about boundaries. It's about yeah. boundaries. It's and about boundaries. I would say, like, for my quiet quitting in a relationship, that yes. I'm in, same same concept. It's about boundaries. Like, uh, give example. Give example of the quiet quitting your, your in a relationship. Your real relationship. Yeah. No, it's about boundaries, which I would say that are at our age are like more like this is who I am, and that's our boundary. You know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, this is what I want. I'm not, I'm not pretend gonna anymore. go above and beyond. Oh, pretend yeah. like I'm anybody Big else. I'm will not. Be so pissed at you if you make me talk about those inappropriate boundaries. Um, no, but just like, I feel like there is a lot more like being like, oh yeah, like this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I am. That's, I feel like actually me and Big D, that's a lot of a relationship. This is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I am. Seriously. Yeah. And I think quite quitting in. Like it, when you're younger, you're, you might be like, this is, I'm willing to do everything to be with you. Right. And I think that to be honest, neither one of us feel like that. I think we feel like this is what I'm willing to do and this is what I am. And we both accept each other and love each other and that's Aww. great. You know, it works, but it's not the same like, I'm going to give up my life here to be with you and be every part of you. Sort of unbalanced, I think, could be in other relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in dating, there's so much more like gray areas with the quiet dating. Quiet dating, quiet quitting. Quiet dating. Quiet quitting. <laughs> but in a relationship, when you're, you're in a, an established relationship where you know you're both committed to each other, it's, I think, quite quitting in in that capacity sounds like fun. <laughs> I think it's good, actually. I think it's seriously good. Why waste the time of being like, I'm going to go, because this is the thing, if you go the above and beyond, 
I'm going to go above and beyond right now to impress, you know, Big D that I'm, but I don't want that because I want to have a boundary that's relaxed with my boyfriend. So well, it's, yeah, not I want to be me and he, right. he's, he is him. And then we, you know, kind of work that together, but it's not going to be him going crazy. I mean, he's said that a lot, like he's not going to go crazy and extend himself overly to do this and I'm not either in a comfort but in a comforting way that does I don't want to make it sound like he's not willing to work or I'm not willing to work no we've had a lot of conversations about what we're both willing to do to make this work and it's just to me it's more valuable it's more to the essence and to the core about what I think is important yeah and I think that's the difference between dating and relationships you know is you you can you can be what you're saying where in dating you have to kind of put up a little bit more of a you have to be a little bit more of a peacock you know no but not if you're quite quitting dating you're right <laughs> then you just go out and you're like this is me and right, I, that's and, true. I, and this is this is me and i hope that maybe i find someone who also sees me but if i don't this is still just me because i am not willing to be the peacock i am not willing oh. to do these extra so things. if i were in a big city i'd be a fucking peacock <laughs> let, me, let me just put that in but here i'm not <laughs> here i'm not i'm quiet quitting dating <laughs> so if you see me around that's me <laughs> oh my god okay so we <laughs> we had a different of self-care but i think that almost our self-care part could like lend itself to our game in a little ways because we'll set up the game through this like quiet quitting with self-care we were just joking about like kind of like being like i don't know like as you get older you're like maybe a little less in the self-care area but i think that's why i love being 40 is i i care so much less about shit yeah well it's weird actually i feel like this might lend it but i care a lot more about the internal like my right. personal self right. than i do in the outward stuff so mm-hmm. we kind of made some jokes about like i'm like i rarely wash my face at night. i fucking swipe the facial wipes i just went to the dentist and they're like you have like um gun gum recession oh no out. well but why you're like my dentist they're like and so you have this gum recession and i'm like uh-huh but i just don't understand why that's that important really i'm like uh-huh uh-huh. Do it you sounds, think it's super important? I, I, I don't know. It just sounds bad. <laughs> I know, me too, but I'm like, one, anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It we just sounds bad. It does sound bad, but I don't Anything know. recession sounds bad. I feel like, side note, I feel like Dennis, like, I feel like they always, like, started a five on fire for no reason. I'm like, there's a reason that your medical insurance only covers dental cleanings two times a year. Um. Anyway, uh, sorry. We got so distracted. I got so uh, lost on that, but, um. oh, I know. My point was that even though being told that, I'm still like half the time I don't brush my teeth at night. And I tell them, I'm like, I, I floss every day, brush my teeth, and I do, I, I don't so know So you why. lie to your dentist? Uh, yes. <laughs> Doesn't everybody lie to their dentist? No, not me. You really, okay. The dentist is like, do you like brush your teeth for two minutes each time and like your toothbrush? I do, because I've got my Sonicare. Even at night? Yes. Okay, fine. I always do my morning by the night. And you, and you floss? Every freaking night. You floss on both sides? Yes, every freaking night. All right. Well, fuck. All right, fine. I, I fucking lie to my dentist. I didn't do any of that shit. Well, that's because I'm a freaking But I also know dentists are... I also feel like dentists are crocs, though, because like they're always like, do you smoke? And I'm like, nope, never in my life. And I'm like... You know, like, but they never are like, but we see, like, tobacco on your teeth or your cigar. <laughs> so I'm like, so you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about either. Because I've been saying I don't smoke at all for, like, <laughs> the they, whole year. They're giving it the benefit of the doubt. 
they're being very nice. Oh man, we want to look like a therapist. <laughs> yes, but I, well, I lied to my therapist too. We've what? Wait, hold on. I've already said so many times the show that I lied to my therapist. So why would I tell my dentist the truth? That's like not. I mean, I think I try to tell my doctor the truth. That is my big quest in life: is to be honest with my doctor. Yeah, please. The do. dentist and the therapist. He feels secondary to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be honest. It's all right. Most of my clients probably are same feeling the same way. <laughs> they might lie. They I probably know. do. It's fine. I love them anyway. I know. All right. Where are we at here? Okay. What now we... we're to- okay. Well, I'm just gonna go our topics of self care, and we'll see if we have time for them because I feel like one of them is funny. Um, we both admitted that quiet quitting. We both quiet quitting master. We both have been uh, quiet quitting masturbating. Oh my god! Why are you quiet quitting? I'm quiet quitting masturbating because I lost the power charger to my womanizer, which then makes masturbating really. I have an extra one. Do you want it? Yes, <gasps> I haven't told you that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll give it to you. Okay, great. But why are you quiet quitting? Because you have chargers. Uh, yeah, I've been quiet quitting my the, because it just feels like oh my god. Okay, because you know the whole switch with my custody thing. By the time I have my kids, I'm, like, I'm definitely not going to do it when my kids are here. And yeah. when I don't have my kids, I'm so tired from working. I'm like, I'm just going to lay on my couch and watch TV. I'm like, it just seems like so much fucking work. So, like, it just, just seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sent her a picture. I would never share this anywhere else. But I had, like, a day where I was, like, I was in the mood and I didn't have my fucking room. It took me, like, two fucking hours. I was, like, sweating like a fucking hog. <laughs> And like, and her fingers are cramping. Yeah, I was like, I might have broke my hand and my neck, and I have a shoulder problem, and maybe a knee issue. Like, and this is why wrong. I just quit. I'm like, wrong. I knew this is where I was gonna be. I'm like, I am not gonna do that. Yeah. Just gonna- maybe I inspired you. I was like, hand, hand, girl. Time for us to quiet quit masturbating. I'm just gonna watch. I'm just gonna lay on my couch and watch Netflix because I've watched so many freaking shows all the way through. It's great. God. <laughs> No, we I I quite quit with a lot of things, um, but I like I I feel like the idea is you're still fulfilling your role. So like I listen to podcasts. You have your Netflix. I love Netflix too, but like mostly I listen to podcasts and wander around, pretend like I'm cleaning my house. But I'm not really cleaning. Oh. I'm just more listening to the podcast. Again, another quite quitting is it I quite quite quitting. Right. Like I am up and I am cleaning. I I so quite up. quit. So I hired a cleaner to clean my house finally because I quite quit cleaning my house. No, that is not quite quitting. That is actually quitting. You hired someone to replace you. Oh, you're right. I, I totally quit, actually. 100% <laughs> quit. <laughs> There's not quiet in there. Uh, fuck it. I'm not scrubbing any more toilets. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Should we try to play our game? We have five minutes okay, left. Okay, let's do it. All right. So we came up with a game called The Bare Minimum. So I'm going to give a situation to Joe, and she's going to give a situation to me. And we're going to name The Bare Minimum we would do in that situation. All right. You want to go first? You go first. I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Okay. okay. The situation is you partied all night. We're at the stopwatch. And it's like clo- we're closing the place down. You've had a lot of drinks. Going to bed. What's your quiet quitting? I drop you off at your house. Oh, quiet. what do I do? Yeah. What's your quiet quitting looking like Oh, then? to go to bed? Yeah. Okay. Well, I already always talk about my smoking habit. So most likely I'm going to go um, smoke my cigarette, my cigar, whatever, something tobacco related. Then... Not take any makeup off or anything like that. Get a big glass of water and put on some comfy clothes, and that's it. Oh, well, yeah, at least you put no on washing your, the face. At least you change your clothes. That's great. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, if I if you drop me off and I'm walking into the door, I'm not going to sleep in my jeans. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. Well, if you drop me off and I'm like, in, you know, then of course. But no, no, no. I'm like, let me get some cotton panties on, cotton everything. Her granny panties. My gran- I mean, I'm like, quite, oh yeah, I quite quit thongs a long time ago. Maybe I quit thongs. 
Anyway. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, quiet quitting the morning routine. Like, what is the most minimal bare bones morning routine you will take before you leave the house? Oh, gosh. I for sure I always have to brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have to put me. <laughs> so, no makeup on, but I got to do my well, no, face. No, it look. can be whatever. Like, yeah, like yeah. I would never leave the house with plain I would never like leave the house without putting on some sunblock on my face. Okay. Sunblock and brush your teeth? Brush my teeth and sunblock. Nice. I, I don't brush my hair. No, I don't brush my hair. I don't either. I yeah. didn't use a brush forever until my got old and my hair got dry. Yeah, I don't brush my hair. Alright, my turn. Okay. So end of the day and it's been a long day at work. Long day. You went to four PM. <laughs> so it was really I don't even like going to three, so this would be a really fun. It's a very long day. Yeah. And then you get home. What's the bare minimum I yeah. do? Bare minimum. Oh well that I mean I have a lot of time to for but I guess the bare minimum I need to do is like put away my shit from work. Oh, wow. I'd like a routine. Put away my shit from work. Um, take care of my animals. And then, most likely, sit down and drink some wine. Like, that would be my bare minimum. Wow, that's me. pretty good. Yeah. That's a good bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Your turn. Okay. Bare minimum of physical activity of a day. Like, what's your bare minimum where you're, like, kind of like, okay, that was okay, but this is how much physical activity I had. Bare minimum was seriously coming home from work. And um, maybe having drinking like water and making a cocktail and sitting and watching Netflix. <laughs> You're like I walked from the car to the couch. So that that's good. it. That's pretty much it. I plop down on my wonderful Costco couch and I watch Netflix, <laughs> and I'm good. My turn. Okay, so very minimum of be uh, of sex, <coughs> having okay. sex with your. We have with, to reframe this. So this is what I. Would bare minimum do? Yeah, you would bare minimum. minimum You would bare minimum with Big D. Okay, or with okay. Yeah, what I would do bare minimum for sex is this: Um, lay on my back, open my legs, and sort of groan. I mean, I would never. Okay, I would never have sex with somebody that I that I love and care about, and um, you know, not appreciate the moment. So <laughs> I'll definitely lay down on my back and appreciate it. That would be my bare minimum. That's I think great. those two things need to happen. You know, you need to open your legs. Yeah, and that, that would be good. You need to put a smile on your face and act like it's great. <laughs> that is my bare minimum. Oh, oh, so good, so good, so good. That's amazing! Yay! I just am so excited. I just want you to come right now because it's so exciting. It's not because I fucking see that the show I want to watch is starting in two minutes. All right, all right, all right, all right. I, don't, I don't know where that came from. Are you ready? All right, all right. Bare minimum. A bare minimum of a nice dinner with your family. Uh, I feel like yours was so excited and then mine was kind of Right, bare minimum would be I shower and I put on, uh, I don't know, my pajamas so I can be right ready for bed when I get home from my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> with my family, meaning my mom and my dad at their house, right? It could be whatever you interpret it as. Oh, like no, a no, bare no. minimum like, meal. It could be here or like with your girls or it could, yeah, but like your parents, whatever. At my parents' it. house, it would just be seriously like just, yeah, getting ready you for gotta bed. You got to come to eat. Go go to their house and I don't put makeup on. I just get ready for bed, <laughs> and then I go to their house and come home and I, I sleep. 
Well, I go to your parents' house and put myself into a food coma every time. Right. I, I've learned over the years. I'm like, I don't wear anything tight-fitting. No. I wear something very loose. I sit down and eat a lot of shit. I feel like your dad is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know I shouldn't say anything about this crazy lady. <laughs> but I always forget. And then, yeah. That's why you don't, you know, don't wear anything fancy to my parents' house because you're going to eat a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then you go home and pass out. Like, and then you just pass out. That's right. It's, it's appropriate. It's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right oh my god we only have 20 seconds left yay today. so we did it we did it we made it thank so, you so yeah so our next one is uh hopefully in two weeks and with we, i think we're trying every two weeks we're trying we're trying we got, our best like, like we got a little messed up but i think we're trying every two weeks from now on and um yes might be at the show we may or may not be doing m's birthday by them i'm not really sure i haven't looked at the calendar yet We'll check it out, but two weeks, two weeks. We're getting right, back right. in two weeks. All right. Hope you All enjoyed right. the show. Ahoy ho. Ahoy ho.